Om Jnanatvirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurin Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Categories of living beings who deserve protection, special protection. It's not that only these living beings require protection. We find from the Bhagavatam that even the trees and the snakes deserve protection. However, these five categories of living beings are uh, described as being worthy of special protection. And we might think, well, we might think, yeah, all right, that's nice. Uh, in a sentimental way, thinking that women, cows, brahmanas, old men and children should be protected. But mm, the scientific reason why they should be protected is uh, is summarized here in this purport by Srila Prabhupada. Brahmanas should be protected, that is for the benefit of the whole human society that they should be protected. Because without Brahmanas, there's no head to the society. There's no possibility of Banashram functioning properly without Brahmanas. It's also true that there's no question of Banashram functioning properly without Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras. All have essential roles to play. If you have only Brahmanas who are actually elevated, that is possible. That that society can go on nicely. But if there are only Brahmanas, then there's no need for the Varnashram division. The Varnashram organization is meant to help everyone come gradually to the point of spiritual realization. While living, uh, while simultaneously uh, living out their material desires, organized society, because uh, they don't, they have no desire for property, they can eat and live very simply and cooperate because they have no personal ambition. Therefore, in the f- first yuga, Satya yuga, there is no Varnashram. Everyone is simply Paramahamsa. The uh, need for Varnashram becomes later when people's material desires increase. Mm, there's, but no, normally speaking there's a need of kshatriyas to do what their title states to protect. The job of protecting is done by kshatriyas. Vaishyas whose uh, principal duty is to produce food, they're also not needed because people who are prepared to live simply can just live without any elaborate arrangement for food. At least this is true in a uh, climate and uh, environment in, in the tropics, like India is. That people can live in the forest and eat fruit, roots, and not eat very much at all, and just living with whatever comes easily. The Brahmanas are necessary for the Varnashram institution, without which it has no meaning. Unless the Varnashram institution <coughs> is headed by Brahmanas who know the purpose of life, then it, beca- it becomes uh, a hollow shell. And although uh, there may superficially be Brahmanas who perform rituals, uh, unless there are self-realized persons who can guide 
others beyond the beyond the rituals or tell them the <coughs> ultimate purpose of all their practices, then it is again it's it's useless. The reason that Srila Prabhupada gives here for protection of cows is also very practical. Srila Prabhupada was a practical philosopher. When Srila Prabhupada arrived in Hyderabad, I believe it was 1974, a, a newspaper reporter asked him, are you a, a Dvaitavadi or an Advaitavadi? That might seem a very common question to ask in India, especially in South India at that time. Up until recently uh, in India, and especially in South India, it wasn't uncommon to uh, meet people just, you know, on the street or in the train or something who were willing to, you know, wanting to discuss with you about Vedanta and the quoting of so many shlokas and this and that. But when Srila Prabhupada was asked, are you a Dvaitavadi or an Advaitavadi, he's practically scoffed at the question, scoffed at the question, I mean, he kind of, you know, dismissed it uh, disparagingly. He said, what is the use of this question? There's no rain here, there's a drought here, you need rain. So, yagya bhavati parjanyaha, he quoted this from Bhagavad Gita, that rain is produced from yagya, and we have come here to perform sankirtan yagya, and within two days of Srila Prabhupada coming and his devotees his disciples performing Sankirtan Yagya in the streets of Hyderabad for the first time in two years there was heavy rain. So Srila Prabhupada was uh, practical. He, he wasn't simply discussing philosophy uh, in, a, in the way that many philosophers do so, in an abstract manner, but he wanted to see while being wholly philosophical, he wanted to see how it can be applied practically in human society, which we have heard from Srila Prabhupada and others. The protection of cows is still a popular issue among Hindus. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is Gopal. He himself is the protector of cows. Another reason is because the cow is our mother. The mother should be protected. Who gives us milk is mother. Another reason is that it's horrible and unnecessary violence to kill cows. Here Srila Prabhupada gives a very practical reason for that milk is required for maintaining the finer tissues of the brain for understanding higher aims of life. So why bother with cows? You can also you can get milk also from goats, horses, donkeys, camels. Well in these these are forms of milk that are used in various parts of the world. Llamas, llama milk, mm -hmm. buffalo, of course. So, uh, why, why not take buffalo milk? It's thick, heavy, and you get more from it than you do from cow's milk, at least in India. Well, you get... It, it, it's financially more rewarding to keep buffaloes. Because they give thick, heavy milk. But in Vedic literature, or in Sanskritam, Milk, unless the term is otherwise qualified, here qualified means, I'm not categorized, it means cow's milk. Because cow's milk is the miracle food that nourishes the brain tissues which uh, help one to understand spiritual subject matters. It tends to make one's brain as dull as that of a buffalo. <laughs> So very practically, the cow should be protected. 
Apart from the milk, even the urine and dung of the cow is very useful. Even to see the cow is purifying, because the cow is the abode of all the demigods. Now, Prabhupada writes that the protection of women maintains the chastity of women. Sorry, the chastity of society. Yeah. yeah. In the modern age, it's considered normal. Well, actually, the word chastity isn't. It's not even known. There are certain words in English, and I'm sure they must be in Russian also, which have practically fallen out of usage. But chastity is still a known word. It, it's considered something unusual that people in the past they they had they considered important. For monks and nuns, you have nuns in the Orthodox tradition. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fornication. This is another word which is you see you don't know it right. Is there in the Bible? Fornication. It means uh, sex outside marriage. Including all kinds of sex outside marriage. It means illicit sex, practically. But uh, it's it's a word which is it's it's not known because people they don't you know sex is sex left right uh, you know whichever way whatever way you feel like it it's all okay. So protection of women maintains the chastity of society. But in recent years, women have. Um, protested against their protection, considering it to be exploitation. To be protected means to be controlled by. Some element of control has to be there. For instance, women can't both be protected and have the independence to go wherever they like, whenever they like, alone. Two things don't go together. If women want to have the independence to go out alone anytime, then they're not. Then, then the protection is broken. So uh, women have considered this exploitation. That I'm not allowed to do what I like. And by the educational system, they've been brainwashed into thinking they should have the same right to work in the factories and offices as the same as men. It's just a brainwash because who wants to work anyway in the factories and offices? And they want equal rights to be firemen and in the army and everything. But there are some basic problems with that, that, that even for a man to be a fireman or in the army, you have to have a certain minimum physical ability that most women don't have. So to admit, for political reasons, to admit women into the fire brigade in America, they had to lower the level of physical ability required to join the fire, mm -hmm. which means that you have women in the fire brigade who... They're not strong enough to pick up the, the huge fat hose full of water. I mean, um. What's the point of being in the fire brigade? I mean, it's an essential service, but for the sake of political correctness, they, they make it uh, actually dysfunctional. Or they wanted, there was, uh, they were trying to get a woman into the Royal Marines, which is the, it's the, uh, it's something like the, uh, the, Green Berets and the... It's like the special force, like, you know, the, the ones who... In yeah, the, the Royal Marines is the Navy branch who... They do the, the special operations or the most dangerous things. And all, all armies have that. It's like a super, super brigade of people who go in, you know. They're the ones who storm the terrorists and all that kind of thing. 
So the, none of the women who wanted could pass the test. So I mean, there were things like sorry, things like they had to they had to run, they had to do cross country run, carrying a heavy pack on their back, and they climb over walls and all kinds of things. And they required tremendous physical strength. So eventually, one woman was able to do it, but without the heavy weight on the back. Which makes them practically useless in in practical, in you know in practical battle conditions. So the the, the separate functions of men and women to to keep that separate is just part of normal sane society. Women have one very special function that men cannot do, which is very special for very important for society, which is that they have babies. And that requires a lot of strength also. It's a different kind of strength. Foolishly, in modern society, they try to pretend that everything is all the same and there's no difference between men and women. It, it's a complex subject because with artificial contraception and then they want... Uh, less children are produced and then the women are thinking what to do. and They want them to work in the factories and, and so... Uh, the, the, the child-bearing function of woman has been relegated. They laugh at that. You, know, you, you just have, they, they think it's something wrong to have children. They say it's just a burden on women. It is. It's true. It's, it's a great burden to have children. But that is uh, responsibility also. So why should I go to the half trouble of having children? It's just a big burden. And it's very common nowadays, I don't know about in Russia, but in, in Western Europe and America, they, it's very common that women, they don't want to have children. They don't have children throughout their life. The next uh, topic is the protection of children. Now, we, we might think, well, we protect children so that they can, they can grow up and have a nice life of sense enjoyment. But that, that's not the reason that Srila Prabhupada or Shastra or any or is given for protection of children. Children should be protected so that they can utilize their valuable human form of life for God-realization, which is its purpose. So the protection doesn't mean just holding their hand when to take them across the road and physical, different forms of physical protection. But protection means from birth and death. One should not become a father or mother unless he can deliver the children from birth and death. Now, we hear a lot these days about child abuse, the evil of child abuse. But according to Srila Prabhupada's comment here, almost everyone who is a parent is a child abuser. I mean, practically everyone in the modern society. According to Prabhupada's word? According to the purport, yeah. Because even to beget a child without undergoing Garbhadhan Samskar, that is a form of child abuse. To bring a child into the world without performing the necessary purificatory rituals means to uh, invite a demoniac, uh, this Murha Janmani Janmani, this Murha Yonishu, the rascal or the, the fallen the person of fallen and sinful consciousness to take birth in the womb. People think that protect, children should be protected so that they can engage in sense gratification, but actually to 
train them or, or in sense gratification, that in itself is child abuse. That is non-protection. So many old people, they just live their last days sozzled. What's the word for sozzled in Russian? It means drowned in vodka in Russian. It means in a, in a permanent in a permanent al- alcohol-induced stupor, to make it sound somewhat respectable. I mean, there's a great Russian tradition, Brezhnev and Yeltsin. And, I mean, <laughs> they were permanently sozzled. Or, uh, I don't know about in this country, but in the Western countries, most old people spend, most people spend the last years of their life in government-run institutions for old people. Here also, sick they, they, they remain there sick with all their bodily functions failing, uncared for. I mean, there's formal care for them by government-paid workers, but no one really cares for them. Lonely, lamenting that they can no longer enjoy themselves, sitting in front of the TV. And actually, most of them become senile. Dementia. Demented, old age, you lose. We've heard of the why, we, we think that old people should be wise. Do you have a word like wise? It, it means, um, it means with, with practical, exper- practical experience of life that has been uh, <coughs> imbibed by experience over many years. That's what wise means. Yeah, yeah. Generally, it's considered to be an attribute of older people, whereas young people are considered to be rash, acting impulsively without Mm -hmm. thinking very carefully of the consequences, Mm -hmm. acting on impulse rather than intelligence, Mm -hmm. rather than intelligently considering. So old people, apart from personally preparing themselves for uh, dying and getting free from death by dying, a spiritually advanced person <coughs> prepares himself to die in a manner that he doesn't have to die again. Mm. So that is possible if one has cultivated spiritual knowledge throughout his life. And one who cultivates spiritual knowledge throughout his life is also uh, and, and, and practically learned how to, how to apply that in various human situations is a, a very valuable guide for everyone younger than him. That's maybe one reason why we see in Vaishnav society that elderly sannyasis, are, Indian sannyasis, they're considered to be something, or expected to be something very special, with the idea that if one has been raised in a, in a God-conscious culture and has been imbibing that throughout one's whole life, then one surely must be spiritually advanced. But unless spiritual advancement is the aim of one's life, one uh, grows up and remains just as foolish as he was when he was a child. And uh, therefore, in, in such a society where there is no higher aim of life, then old people grow up to be old fools. Where the goal of life is sense gratification, old people have nothing to offer. They're not beautiful. You don't see pictures in, in the advertisements. You don't see pictures of 90-year-old women. 19-year-old, not 90-year-old. They can't work hard to produce more useless things for people to enjoy. 
there's, there's simply a burden on society. That's yeah. how it's considered. And therefore, uh, it's, becoming, uh, it's becoming increasingly popular, the idea that uh, euthanasia, old people are simply useless, they're simply suffering, and we have to pay taxes to maintain them. Better we nicely kill them, humanely. You know, no, we'll, we'll, we'll pat them on the hand and say, don't worry, we're just going to give you a little injection. And then we have the truck to take them to the, to the uh, what's that called, crematorium. So it's quite likely that this will come. Just like uh, not very long ago, the idea of abortion was some, considered something horrible in humans all over the world. But, but now it's become normal because, you know, excess children are just a nuisance. And the reasoning is that we're, we're, very, we're very considerate of these, these might-have-been children because their mothers can't look after them properly. They're, then uh, better just kill them. We'll be just for their benefit, for the child, for the benefit of the child in the womb, we'll kill it. So Srila Prabhupada puts everything in perspective in his purport that the complete outlook is based on factors leading to successful humanity. It's in. It's after the. It's the sentence, the beginning of the sentence after number point number five. Yeah. yeah, anyway, I'll say it in simple English. All these points, all these points are given. Why? It's based on the understanding that human life is meant for God-realization. So, I hope we've all understood a little better why these five classes of persons require protection. All these points could be discussed much more deeply, but we don't have that much time. But we should understand that protection of these five classes of living being is not for any sentimental reason, but for uh, practical reasons that contribute to the overall development of God consciousness throughout the whole civilization. Any questions, please? Please speak loudly enough so that everyone in the room can hear, or otherwise take the mic. Protect them. Yes, good. You're a practical philosopher. Srila Prabhupada wanted to set up uh, Varnashram communities based on the land. That was Srila Prabhupada's practical uh, blueprint for introducing Varnashram. General protection is given to all of society by Kshatriyas in human society and as long as there's any other system of government because Kshatriya means the king. So what we what we could be aiming at in the in the short term and I mean we are a long way away from having whole governments run by Kshatriyas is a kind of modified Varnashram kind of modified Varnashram going on because the, the kingly function had been taken over by Muslims who were cow killing Kshatriyas cows are specifically to be protected by Vaishas Krishi Goraksha Vanijam Vaishya Karma Swabhavajam women are to be protected by their father during their childhood by their husband after marriage and in the case of the departure of their husband by their grown-up sons. 
protection of children is uh, for the parents and old men that protection is by their that again that should be done by their children Tayaniskon an institution can't substitute for a family that was that was Marx's idea no the family is the basic unit of society so within Iskon there may be so many family members or grihastas how far Iskon as an institution wants to regulate the lives of its grihastas is again it's uh, it well it's applied differently in different cases although uh, society is very complex and Vedic, although we speak of Vedic culture, it's not monolithic. The spiritual and the secular are complete, they're, they're to a large extent intermingled. Dharma affects every aspect of life in Vedic culture, the consideration of Dharma. Dharma has a great, far greater significance than the, than the word religion. Dharma means that which sustains harmony within the universe. Uh, nevertheless, even though there's a tremendous there's a intermingling of secular and spiritual, but at the same time, uh, within the ashrams there are separate duties. And although sannyasis may be gurus of sannyasis may be gurus of grihastas, um, although that that also yeah, it's it's a very complex. <laughs> Generally, gurus of grihastas are grihastas, and then, but anyway, a sannyasi may give general directions on uh, family life to grihastas, but he shouldn't become intimately involved in their family affairs. For that, it is better. You know, there should be other grihastas who help with us. In traditional society, family means several generations living together. So the old wise people can give direction to the young rash uh, rash people in the absence of a of tradition that has been s- sustained over hundreds and thousands of years it's a very great task to implement these principles nevertheless without implementing these principles it will be very difficult to uh, maintain krishna consciousness in human society Krishna conscious can it, it fits naturally or, or can be practiced very easily on the template of Vanashram society, but it doesn't fit at all well on the on the template of the modern confused uh, society that is dedicated to ugra karma and gross sense gratification and. Uh, It's, it's a great mistake to think that we can adopt the values of a misguided society into Krishna conscious society. It doesn't work. They're, they're mutually opposed. So the first step to, toward a sane society is understanding its principles, which Srila Prabhupada inculcates throughout his book. And uh, Bhakti Vidya Purnaswami in particular has in great detail, given many lectures over many hours, explaining the principles of Anashram society. Because uh, even though we have so we have so many seriously committed devotees, but 
often they they're confused over even very basic points of of uh, Varnashram and they don't understand even basic points of Varnashram culture they seem to think that Srila Prabhupada's directions on Vedic culture are just some kind of outmoded impractical 